It was just a tragic moment. When we first got the news of her diagnosis, there was this feeling of despair. Robin Steele and his wife Erica had had a pretty great life until they found out their firstborn daughter had a severe brain condition that couldn't be fixed. I couldn't do anything to change it. Doctors couldn't do anything. She's not healthy. She's not right. And it felt like, this is not fair. How could this happen? Sometimes it feels like it's hopeless. It's a war just to hang by a thread. Sometimes only a side of heaven. Oh, it just doesn't make sense. Robin Steele tried his hardest to make sense of why his daughter was born with severe disabilities. The answers God had for his questions were so unexpected that they changed Robin's whole life. He's going to share more about that on this episode of GPS, God, People, Stories. It's an outreach of the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association, celebrating 70 years of proclaiming the message of Jesus Christ. I'm Phil Fleischman. And I'm Jim Kirkland. Robin's faith in Christ grew stronger as he wrestled with God. And as Billy Graham often preached about, many of us struggle with life's toughest questions. Like, Why is God supposed to be good and merciful, and yet every day men and women are crushed by agonies almost beyond their endurance? You'll hear how Billy Graham answered that a little later. But in the meantime, if you identify with that feeling of being crushed or in agony, we are here to pray with you. We would love the opportunity, in fact. You can call our 24-hour prayer line right now and anytime at 888-388-2683. That's 888-388-2683. Or if you'd like to go online, we're there too at findpeacewithgod.net. GPS. God. People. Stories. I grew up here in Central Texas and had a great childhood. I have wonderful parents who raised me in a Christian home. And I was at church every weekend. In fact, my mom was actually in church when she went into labor with me. (laughs) So she went straight from the church to the hospital. And then the next Sunday, we went back to church, but this time I was outside of the womb. And so from that day till now, I have been in that culture. Today, Robin is the head pastor of a church near Austin, Texas. He's known for a long time that he wanted to work in ministry. When I was a teenager, I began to feel a calling. You know, like I wasn't sure what it was, but I just felt like God was leading me to be a pastor or to be some sort of minister as a profession, you know, as a full-time thing. And I went to Texas State University. I got a degree in marketing at the same time, was really involved in youth ministry. I was youth leader, Sunday school teacher, just diving into everything I could. And um, slowly got closer and closer to ministry and closer to God. As you can see, Robin's early years were very much shaped by Christ and the church. So it might not surprise you to learn that the church is where Robin met his wife, Erica. She took the bold step and asked me out. I said yes. We dated for a couple of years, and then we got married right as I graduated college. After we were married for a year, we moved to New Mexico so that she could go to school to be a midwife. So we were there for a couple of years 
in New Mexico. And then we moved back to Austin. At that point, I got a full-time job at the church as children's pastor and led our children's ministry for a couple years. I mean, it was the classic American family, you know, the classic Christian family, you know, like everything's rolling, everything's good. Everything's good was kind of a common theme in Robin's life up to this point. But a change was about to happen. As I was growing up, I would face complication and trouble, and I would pray about it, and it would go away, or it would be resolved, or I would work really hard, and I would overcome challenges. Honestly, it was kind of, there was a little bit of arrogance beginning to build up in it. Even as I began to lead people and pastor, I would kind of gravitate toward this, well, just pray about it. You know, you have a problem, just pray and, you know, basically get over it and, you know, God will deal with it. Since my life was so sheltered and my parents were so strong and my life was, you know, easy for the most part, I really hadn't cut my teeth on the gospel or developed a faith that was really robust until later in life when my wife and I really faced a lot of trouble. And it was then that my faith transcended to a whole nother level, this next level understanding of the gospel and faith. The trouble Robin referred to started when Erica became pregnant in 2001. As a trained midwife, Erica really wanted to do a home birth. Robin agreed reluctantly, but wanted to at least get a sonogram to make sure everything looked okay. And so we scheduled this sonogram at the community college because they had a free sonogram program, and that fit the budget of a children's pastor. (laughs) We didn't have a lot of money, you know. And so we went to this community college, and they began doing a sonogram with my wife and the baby. And these students were, you know, just taking forever on and on. And after about 45 minutes, they brought the supervisor in and the supervisor said, we're not seeing something that, you know, we think we should see. So we're going to send you to the specialist. So they gave us the name of this specialist in Austin and we made an appointment and we're like kicking ourselves. We're thinking, why did we come to this community college? You know, we should have gone to a real doctor and they don't know what they're doing. And We'll go to this specialist. He'll tell us everything's fine, and we'll just keep going. But after the specialist did another sonogram, everything was not fine. He asked Robin and Erica to come with him from the exam room to his office. And that's when it was like, okay, maybe something's going on here. So we take this long walk back the hallway to his office. We sit there in his office, and he says, the thing that the community college could not see is your daughter's brain. When we look at it on the sonogram, we just cannot see your baby's brain. Our hearts just sank. The doctor went on to explain that Robin and Erica's unborn daughter had a large amount of water that was preventing her brain from developing normally. The Steels had two options. If the baby was born alive, She could be rushed into surgery to drain the water in hopes that her brain would grow back all the way. The other option, the doctor suggested, was that Robin and Erica could drive to Kansas and have a late-term abortion. 
for the Steels, that was never an option. So they decided to move forward, believing God would heal their daughter's condition. For eight weeks, we would go every week and get a sonogram. And man, we were praying. We had friends and families and pastors. Everybody was praying, like, we go to this sonogram next week. It's going to be better news. And every time we would go to get the sonogram, the news would be worse. More fluid. We can see less of the brain, that kind of thing. So finally, we get to the, you know, 38 weeks. It's time to have the C-section. We go in and um, we're like, okay, when the baby comes out, you know, we'll confirm that God has taken care of this. Everything's going to be okay. You know, this the cycle of my life was God's going to take care of this. It's going to look a certain way. Everything's going to be okay. And You're a Christian. You believe in Jesus. He's going to take care of you and on and on. Well, the birth happened and that doctor raised her up and um, you could tell physically that she was not healthy. Her head was very large compared to a regular baby. It was the best of times and the worst of times because, you know, birth is incredible. There's nothing like it. I mean, it's a miracle. So we're extremely excited. We see her. She cries for the first time. But then, you know, we're having to face the reality that she's not healthy. She's not right. Robin and Erica named their daughter Kennedy. As soon as she was born, she was taken to the ICU and given an MRI. Once again, doctors delivered bad news. The problem was worse than expected. Kennedy's brain had formed incorrectly. Surgeons operated and they were able to drain the water from Kennedy's skull. But the Steels were told that their daughter would probably only live for about a year. Heartbroken, Robin tried to make sense of this new reality. When we first got the news of her diagnosis, there was this feeling of despair. There was this feeling of it's over. This feeling of like, this is the worst thing. She didn't choose this. She's just an innocent baby being born. And this is applied to her life like a life sentence. And then the other thing was, it was so devastating to think about people not accepting her or valuing her for who she was. Like when they saw her in the wheelchair, they're going to devalue her instantly and not understand her worth. And so that was just so frustrating. And it felt like this is not fair. How could this happen? You know, especially thinking through, man, I've done everything right. I thought, you know, I've never done anything wrong. I'm giving my life in full-time ministry. I'm making very little money. Like I'm giving you my life, you know, and I never got bitter at God. I never was, you know, really angry at God. I was just questioning. I was just stuck in this funk, in this heaviness. At one point, Robin thought he had figured it all out. And I said to my wife, Erica, I've come to a conclusion that I want one of two things to happen. I'm praying and believing that God can still heal her and that she's strong and healthy and normal and all that stuff. Or I just pray that God would take her home, you know, and uh, I just pray that he would let her die and she would, you know, dance on streets of gold and be healthy and strong in heaven and that was a big moment, you know, because I had let go of her and just said, you know, God, let your will be done. But in my eyes, it was either her being healed or her dying, and that would be God's will. And I had no idea. 
Sorry. <laughs> okay. It's crazy how this gets me every time, but um, at that point, my mind could only conceive that God would be good and display himself if she was healed or if she died. I had no idea that God was so good that she could not be healed and she would not die, but yet our life could be so amazingly blessed and that I could be here today, 18 years later, and she's still with us. You heard that right. Defying all odds, Kennedy is still alive today at the age of 18. But as Robin said, God never healed her. She is profoundly disabled and she's unable to walk. She can't use any of her limbs. She's unable to eat. So she's tube fed. Um, you know, she's never said my name. She's never done anything. But in 18 years, she has been profoundly meaningful in her disability. And um, she has a great personality. She loves to laugh, smile. And um, she lights up a room when she smiles. And she requires 24-hour nursing. You know, and that's mainly my wife and I, but we have a great team of people that help us. We have nurses that help us and family members that help us. And we have two other sons that are 14 and 16, and they're completely normal teenage boys that are often more challenging to take care of than our daughter. <laughs> oh, man. Raising teenage boys is very challenging. Um, I sit here today and I'm, I just am blown away how awesome God is and what he's done. And so we definitely don't have a normal life. Our life is very abnormal, but it's good. At the same time, it's really good. So what does an abnormal but good life look like with a severely disabled 18-year-old? For starters, it's filled with plenty of physical challenges. Some of the hardest moments are when people are staring at us in the grocery store. My daughter sometimes uh, has a hard time clearing her throat when she's congested and she'll cough and then she'll cough so much that she begins to retch like she's going to throw up. People are staring and like, is she dying? And, you know, um, so dealing with that social tension, also the older that she's gotten, she's getting bigger and she's physically harder to take care of, physically hard to carry her. Um, it's limited a lot of long-term travel, like traveling over an hour is difficult because we have to think through um, having facilities to take care of her. Taking care of Kennedy has also taught Robin and Erica the importance of relying on community and each other. God has really, really shown his strength to us through people in our relationships. This situation has really made our marriage stronger and when I'm going through a tough time, she'll be strong and then vice versa. And it's it's really cool how that works. Sometimes I'll look at another person that's her age and it's tough. And it just like hit me all of a sudden. She's 16 and she's not getting her license or she's not graduating and she's not playing the piano, like all these. And we don't live in a state of depression or anything like that. But every once in a while, I'll just hit my wife and I will just talk through it. We'll pray through it. And God helps us. He gives us the grace to make it through it. 
Early on, the Steels learned that the grace to make it through comes from God in a daily dose. Robin remembers a time shortly after Kennedy was born when he felt totally overwhelmed at the prospect of taking care of her. There was a lady that we knew that had a son with Down syndrome. She said, Robin, you have to take it one day at a time. It was a pivotal moment for us when we realized this concept. You know, Jesus teaches about it a lot in his Sermon on the Mount. And one of the things he says is, when we pray, we pray, give us this day, our daily bread. And um, our human nature is to want like a weekly amount of bread or a monthly amount of bread. But God works in these daily allotments. And so learning to lean on Jesus and lean into Jesus on a day-to-day basis and just... At that moment, I thought, I don't have to worry about taking care of my daughter 25 years from now. I can't even wrap my head around that. But you know what? I can take care of her today. I can do today. And then tomorrow, I'll do tomorrow. And just the impossibility of the situation forced me to take it in one day allotments. And um, there was a huge, huge shift Another huge shift in those early years of raising Kennedy changed not only Robin's relationship with his daughter, but also his relationship with Jesus. There was a point, you know, when we were praying for her, praying for her to change. And it was mainly me. I was praying, Lord, change her, heal her, fix her. And I finally was just broken at one point and exhausted. And I was like, I feel like I heard God just whisper to me, you know, I love her the way she is, and and it dawned on me at that point that I was trying so hard to change her that I wasn't loving her for just who she was, just the way she is. And I thought, man, if God loves her that way, then He loves me that way. He loves me before I do anything well, and before I'm healed, and before I'm fixed. And I was just, wow, that was so awesome. Robin has seen God show up in many ways over the past 18 years of raising Kennedy. He and Erica have gained a deeper understanding of God's love, grace, power, and presence. Recently, Robin felt the Lord leading him to write down some of these things in a book. He's calling it How to Be Made Whole. People wrestle with, the only way I can be whole is if I fix everything. So they keep trying to fix everything in their life to try to achieve this peace and this wholeness. And I just feel like God is bringing us wholeness regardless of our circumstances. And wholeness begins way down deep below the surface of our life. So I use my daughter's story to bring the good news of Jesus Christ that you can be whole and still be wrestling with some things above the surface of your life. You know, my daughter is the wholest person I know, but she can't do a whole lot of things. The premise of the book is that we're whole not by what we do, but what God says about us. He says that we're His. He says that we're loved. He says that we're accepted. If He says it, then we should live in it and rest in it. Being Kennedy's dad has given Robin a unique eternal perspective on what's important in life. My daughter has taught me so profoundly that my value does not come from people giving me accolades or congratulating me or any of that. And even God's love for me is not dependent on me pleasing Him. 
we still wrestle with some things that are really hard. But over time, God has proved himself over and over and over and over. And so when we run up against something that seems impossible, like her insurance may be running out, and then what are we going to do? You know, or last year she had a serious problem with her digestive system and her intestines basically stopped working. And so we're in the hospital for days and it looks like she's going to die. This was last year. That's very tough. But at the same time, there's this feeling at the same time of God's got this. I don't know how it's going to work out. I don't know what's going to happen, but I know God's got this and I'm just going to trust him. This is how my heart It's not always easy to trust God when you're facing the impossible. Robin Steele knows that well. He also knows that God is always there, always ready to give you his love and peace in every single circumstance. Have you learned to trust God in that way? Do you know the security and certainty that comes from having a relationship with his son, Jesus Christ? If not, we'd love to tell you more about it. Check out findpeacewithgod.net to learn more. That's findpeacewithgod.net. In just a minute, Robin's going to share what happened when he read something on his daughter's medical chart that he wasn't supposed to see. You're listening to GPS. God. People. Stories. A production of the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. Why is God supposed to be good and merciful, and yet every day men and women are crushed by agonies almost beyond their endurance? Billy Graham. This age-old question of why must the Christian suffer is as old as time. There's only one place that we can find an answer, and that is in the Bible. The Bible teaches in scores of places that afflictions are God's appointments for his children. Many Christians are actually called on to suffer. The epistles of Peter were written to suffering saints. The psalmist said, It is only after affliction that he learned to know God. The Bible says that we are to be joyful in our suffering. How difficult it is to have joy in the midst of affliction, suffering, and heartache. Yet I've seen many Christians smiling through the tears. Through the tears, there can be a peace and joy that Christ can give. Remember that your suffering is only for a moment down here. Soon we're going to be taken on the wings of an angel to heaven and we'll have joy and eternal life. Have you received Christ? Are you trusting him? Are you claiming these promises as yours when the time of testing and trouble comes in your life? We can tell you more about receiving Christ at findpeacewithgod.net. Our guest on this episode of GPS is Robin Steele. Robin is the head pastor of a church in Texas and he's about to release a book about his family's journey of raising a daughter with severe disabilities. That journey has been defined in many ways by a specific moment in the hospital as Robin stood next to Kennedy's ICU bed after she was born. She's a couple of days old. She's so sweet, you know, and innocent. 
And I looked down at the base of her bed and there was a clipboard there with doctor's notes, you know, for the next shift to see at the bottom of the notes, it said, we've told the parents that their daughter will not have a meaningful life. And when I read that, I was just blown away. I was so upset. And I thought, who does doctor think he is that he can declare over my child that she's not meaningful? And I thought, you know, she's meant more to me in two days of being here than I can describe. Um, and so it was a pivotal moment for us. We went on a journey from that point forward and really were looking to God to declare his meaning over her. We're made meaningful by God. We're not an accident. You can learn more about Kennedy Steele, her parents, and their journey together on the Steele's website, mademeaningful.com. There's a link to it in the show notes. We are so grateful that Robin Steele took the time to talk with us and to share his insights and his family's story. And we're grateful to you for listening. I'm Phil Fleischman. And I'm Jim Kirkland. Indeed, thank you for listening. And a big thank you also goes to Citizen Way. That was their music that you heard throughout the episode. GPS, God, People, Stories, is an outreach of the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. Always good news. He is God.